How does this start? Welcome to the Five Heart po- po- Podcast or something like that. Yeah, welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. And we're running. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast from all three of us. Uh, Nate McHugh joins me. This is John Johnson, founder of coordination.com. Todd Morton is with us again this week. We're going to be talking to you about spring football. Football, because that's the kind of week I've had so far. This is actually the best I've felt all week. I am trying to do something amazing with my life right now. Do you want to hear about it? Sure. Yes. John. <laughs> I am trying to wean myself off a drug called metropol. metropol. I can never pronounce it. Uh, it's a beta blocker. Do you know what a beta blocker does? Tell us, John. Okay. Thanks for the encouragement. To keep going with this amazing story, a beta blocker is something that blocks the effect of, I think it's ephedrine, which is something similar to adrenaline. It it blocks the effect of that on your heart, right? So what's adrenaline do to your heart? It would increase your heart rate very quickly, right? Yep. So the idea is this. Uh, I was dead long enough that part of my heart died because part of it was, part of my artery was blocked. And then, uh, you know, the heart didn't get any blood or oxygen and it it died. And I usually, when people say, what, what? I say, yeah, it's the part that had any love for Creighton because you're Nebraska people. You can understand that. I live in Minnesota. A lot of times I go, yeah, the part that had any love for the Minnesota Vikings. But I'm trying to quit this drug because I keep fighting fatigue so badly. And uh, it, it. You know, I've been taking this fucking drug for like five years now and uh, trying to quit drugs. I, you know, I never realized that they could screw you up this bad. You know, John, um, just a little bit about adrenaline in the heart. Um, When Kiki Camarena, the DEA uh, drug enforcement officer, was tortured and murdered in Mexico back in the 1980s, uh, the narcos, when they were torturing him, they brought in a doctor that shot his heart full of adrenaline to keep him alive so that he could experience all the pain and suffering of the torture that they did. So probably do want to draw, you know, block adrenaline and ephedrine from your heart. So. Well... <laughs> so now this podcast can only go up from here it's gonna get a lot better (laughs) okay so uh between between dead hearts and uh scar tissue and some guy being tortured to death it's spring football (laughs) we're looking we're gonna talk about spring storylines story football lines for this spring, Nate. Yes. <laughs> we start out with the worst things in humanity. Uh, <clears throat> is there anything worse in humanity than having another losing season under Scott Frost? Um, I, if, it, if you take the, the question very seriously, I would say yes. There is a whole lot worse than... For the purposes uh, of this Nebraska yeah. football-related podcast... I would say that you we would be. I mean, it's that's when things are critical, like level critical. I'm not sure how we're going to get out of this because if he's not the answer, then that means we got to go find somebody else. And man, you're going to have another fractured fan base again. And I don't, we, I don't even like talking about it because I think they he will. I think Scott Frost will figure it out, but you know. If he has another losing season, that's probably not good because but you, you play two FCS schools, Buffalo. That's you think that should be what three wins? Probably lose Oklahoma, um, and then a, a Big Ten slate. So you think you might be able to find four wins in there? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So I, I don't know. That's. I mean, I don't know. It is spring. Have you even thought? Have you even thought about the season? Me? Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I have. Okay. And, and and you're thinking we might be able to find three wins in the Big Ten slate? 
Yes. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think, yes, I think we, I mean, we, we have, I think we're going to show a lot of improvement in a lot of areas. And I'd say in a lot of position groups. And as I said on Slack, you know, I don't, I feel really good about just about every position group, except for quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, you know, <laughs> the, the, the three probably most important parts. And no, no, actually that's it. The offensive line is probably the most important part, but uh, those three, you know, they catch and run with the ball, you know, and so that's, what's going to make or break the season. Uh, but I guess we're going to hear about how awesome some wide receiver is. Uh, Omar Manning's looking great or whatever. Jamie Nance is finally showing up. By the way, Jamie Nance is a redshirt freshman. He is the veteran in, you know, he's been there the longest in that whole wide receivers room. Obviously, there are seniors there and juniors there, but they have, you know, they're transfers. So a redshirt freshman has been with the program the longest at the and among the wide receivers. So, anyways, but I don't, I'm on. Yeah, I, I think the schedule talk is maybe for some other time, especially since you know spring football is meant for, you know, drinking Kool Aid. I thought we were you, are, Todd. Are we supposed to drink the Kool Aid? I, I do not drink the Kool-Aid, and uh, I, I've been uh, <laughs> very limited in my Kool-Aid drinking for quite a few years. Uh, but, you know, spring, spring brings out optimism, and, you know, everybody goes into the spring um, thinking all the good things that could happen. Uh, certainly there are some question marks. I agree with what Nate says. You know, you don't want uh, to overconsume the Kool-Aid, but um, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, the team's young. There's a lot of people that are unproven, but um, I don't know. I Sometimes it sounds kind of dumb. I, I just kind of go with my gut and, you know, not that I'm always right, uh, but I, I was not surprised with the way things went last fall. I, I really wasn't. But for some reason right now, I've got a pretty good feeling about how things are going to go forward. I think a lot of it, and I mentioned this the last time I was on the podcast, to me, I think one of the most important things that's going to happen is the development of Logan Smothers. How good is Logan Smothers going to be? I think that that's one of the most critical things that we have to find out this spring. Because, as you know, Adrian Martinez is not going to start and finish 12 football games in the fall. He's not. So how good is Logan Smothers going to be? And is Logan Smothers going to be good enough to lead Nebraska to victory? Um, if, if he can do that, then I have a pretty good feeling about how things might go in the fall. Um, but, you know, we've never heard how good Logan Smothers is. Well, we have no evidence. We have no evidence. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me go back to that line. We never heard a shit and thing about Logan Smothers. We heard everything about Luke McCaffrey before he ever came because oh, McCaffrey, you know, and I'm not dissing the guy. He, he seemed like a great athlete, but uh, there's kind of a weird juxtaposition here. You know, Logan Smothers, nobody nobody hears his name. Nobody talks about him. Nobody knows anything about him. Well, you never hear anybody talk about Logan's older brother, Christian. And you never hear about anybody talking about Logan's dad, Ed. And, you know, what we know about Logan Smothers is that his actual dad was a football coach. He's a really, he's a really smart young man, um, you know, understands the game. That's what people share with us. But again, we haven't seen the kid play. There was no spring game last year. Um, he, he didn't set foot on the field in the fall. Um, so I think that ultimately, you know, people can say what they want to about the running back room and about our wide receivers going to step up. And I think those are all important things. But ultimately, we have a pretty known commodity in Adrian Martinez. And, you know, I'm not afraid of – Adrian Martinez being the starting quarterback, you know, with, if he's got his act together, if there's some confidence, 
you know, Adrian Martinez has proven himself. But how good is Logan Smothers going to be? Because in my opinion, he's going to have to play. Would you like to hear the names of our quarterbacks on the roster right now? Do you know, I think we have four quarterbacks from Kearney. Is it four or three quarterbacks from Kearney, Nebraska? Three for sure. We have yeah. three. We have, <laughs> we have quarterbacks, Adrian Martinez, Logan Smothers, Braden Miller, Matt Masker, and Heinrich Harburg. And I actually said those names correctly. Three of those quarterbacks are from Kearney, Nebraska, Kearney Catholic, I think. You're from Kearney Catholic, I think. Two from Kearney Catholic. And we have Adrian Martinez is a junior. He's a 35-year-old junior. Uh, <laughs> Logan Smothers, freshman quarterback. Uh, Braden Miller, redshirt freshman. Matt Masker, sophomore. And Heinrich Harburg, freshman. This will be the only time we pronounce these names properly. And, uh, you know. Because, Who would ever uh, have known that Kearney, Nebraska is the football or the quarterback epicenter of the world? Who could have guessed? You know, you know I've been – I've said several times, <clears throat> written and said that I think one of the biggest mistakes Scott Frost has made is I think they, they came in with a little arrogance that they could turn um, Dylan McCaffrey's brother into a uh, – Division one quarterback, and because they made that mistake, then we are stuck with you know no one to really challenge Adrian this year, and then Logan. And one of the reasons why you know we didn't, and, you know, Todd mentioned, but one of the reasons why we haven't seen from him is that fall is not when you develop and get give reps to a bunch of different players. You're giving reps to the guys that are playing in games especially when you're playing a conference-only schedule, that's not the time you give reps to a third-string quarterback. But um, with no spring season, that's when he would have got his reps and then we would have maybe seen him take off his, you know, off his headphones during the games, you know, because you could tell they, they weren't really interested in putting him in because they had Dylan McCaffrey's brother um, there. To, to back up Adrian Martinez. And I'm just joking. I'm giving him a hard time. Oh, no, you're not. Yeah. You take those shots. Take those shots. No. And, and uh, so, anyway, so um, that's why, you know, I hope Logan film. I, I'm not a football film guy, but what I watch, I like his film better than, you know, Luke's, but, you know, <laughs> but we haven't seen him. That's high school film. And that, you know, that you don't know, never know, are they playing eighth graders? You know, sometimes you see some films, it looks like they're playing eighth graders. And so, yeah. Have you watched, have you watched Heinrich Hergerberger's film? No, I, the, from what they, the way they've talked, he's, he needs so much development that we better hope we're not going to depend on him. I, I hope they're thinking that, oh man, we get in the spring, you know, he's going to show us something that we don't have to bring in a transfer after the spring because it seems like a good idea to me, but we'll, we'll find out. What, I, what I've heard about him is he's an amazing athlete, very, very athletic, but we've heard that with a lot of quarterbacks in the last three years. Um, I've also heard that he's got a cannon for an arm. Um, but that being said, you know, he's, he's, he's a ways away from being ready to go. Um, he could have packages. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Do you know Minnesota has uh, – come on, is it Tanner Morgan? Minnesota has Tanner Morgan for the quarterback, right? And then last year, the last two, three years, they've had Seth Green as another quarterback, and they would bring Seth Green in to come – to run kind of a more of a wildcat, even though, you know, wildcat connotates a running back, but they brought him in for packages and short yardage and goal line stuff because he was a big ass son of a bitch that could also throw the ball. So uh, Heinrich Harburg, I mean, six foot five, 190 pounds. You put some weight on him, give it some packages. What do you think? I'm not a bit, the only, the only time I ever want to use packages and, as far as offensive football is, a, is like a change up every now and then 
I don't want to depend on it. You know, it's just like, I mean, if, if that's what you're depending on, that means your starting quarterback probably isn't that great. You know, so I hope that, you know, Scott Frost said that Adrian Martinez, you know, we, we went, what, 24 for 28 against Rutgers. And it's funny that he also mentioned, you know, two fumbles, two interceptions, you know, so so I don't know, whatever that's 78% or whatever. This is the best game, you know, of the season. If we get that guy, then we don't need any packages for Heinrich Harburg, you know. You already say his name with disdain. <laughs> I just don't want to depend on him. You know, I just this year. You know, Not a, no, I don't. I don't either. Because that reminds me of Scott Frost was his first year that we had a who starting quarterback against uh, Troy and we lost. Um, he's a walk on. And Heinrich's a starter. Oh, Andrew Heinrich Brunch? is a scholarship. What? Was it Andrew, Andrew Brunch? 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 No, Riker Fife. What? Riker, God. <laughs> Riker no. Fife was a long time ago, man. I think Andrew Bunch was a long time ago. Oh, here we go. No, he transferred to Rutgers. No, no, that was Noah no, Yeah, <laughs> Noah Vedral did. By the way, if we had Noah Vedral, that'd be, I mean, wouldn't that be ideal? Yeah. He might still. And he might still be here if we had spring football last year, you know? So, cause that was his opportunity to challenge Adrian Martinez. And then he's like, well, I don't have that opportunity now. It makes, I don't blame him for leaving, but man, that'd be nice to have him now. So you guys can talk. I'm going to figure out is it Riker Fife or Andrew Bunch. I don't know. I think Riker Fife played under Mike Riley. He was the kid that threw four interceptions at Purdue when at we Purdue. insisted on 2015, because that was the year I died. I remember that. <laughs> what weird references. Okay, so we need to see a backup. We need to see Logan Smothers play football. Andrew Bunch. Yeah, you're see, right. You're right. Yeah, Andrew. We we need to see uh, Logan play. Get on. Get out there, and and we need to see what's going on with him. Yeah. What else? What else we got? What are your big concerns? I be I'm cons- I, I want uh, Omar Manning to play. He doesn't have to have 200 yards, but just like maybe I don't know three, four catches for 60 yards ish, just to show us, hey, you're on the field. You know, because Coach sorry, Coach Frost said that the problem with him is he, he needs to show up every day, and you know for you know he whatever reason he couldn't last season, and that's fine means to show up every day because he's so talented and so skilled that everything's going to take care of itself. And so that's what I want to see. Actually, that might be number one for me. Eh, Logan Smothers is probably number one. But number two is then probably oh, – I just want to see Omar Manning play – get more than one target, you know. Uh, I want to see him, you know, throwing the ball up to him or whatever they have to do just so we – can see, oh, by the way, he's there, and we can maybe trust that going forward. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, when they have their press conferences and talk about offense over the next few weeks, I'd like to hear him talk about Omar Manning. I'd like to hear him talk about some of the other wide receivers. Um, you know, because, <laughs> you know, like you said, uh, a, a redshirt freshman has been here the longest of anybody in that wide receiver room. Okay, who's going to step up and who are going to be the people that you can go to? Um, you know, whether there's a game breaker or not, you know, I don't hear him talking about that kind of a guy. But, um, you know, maybe the, the Nixon guy from Texas, you know, that was injured last year and didn't play, um, playing in that, you know, that duck position, duck R or whatever they're calling it. Um, you know, maybe one of those people is going to emerge. I hope so. But I, I really hope that we start hearing the coaches referencing some of these wide receivers that we've read about, you know, in the recruiting stuff and, and that they're stepping up and doing the job. Yeah. So I, re- I recorded a podcast today of the uh, counter bootleg podcast. I do the really short podcasts. And uh, so the wide receiver that, that we have the transfer from Montana how do you pronounce his name? Samori. 
Torre. Torre. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I've not. I have not heard it like, like on the radio or anything. So I was actually wondering if you guys knew how to pronounce it. That's okay. what we're going with for right now. But he, he's he's probably the closest thing we have to a sure thing, you know, going into the spring. And Xavier Bat- Betts. Xavier, yeah, Xavier Betts. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Baron Miles Jr. Oh. <laughs> Chris Hickman, Levi Falk, caught some balls last year. Oliver um, Arnton. I'm just going through names. Okay. Hi, Han. Le- Levi Martin. Falk. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, excuse me. Oliver, Oliver Martin might be the guy. He he might be the one that ultimately is that one that they're going to throw those, you know, 20 to 25 yard passes to. Um, Cause he's, he's got some talent. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. You know, Michigan swept into Iowa city and took him. And then he ended up, transferring back to Iowa and then he transferred to Nebraska. Um, but I understand, you know, I haven't read all the articles, but it sounds like he tested pretty well at the end of winter conditioning and made some progress, you know, in that program. So I would look, I mean, in my opinion, based upon what little I know about it, I would look for Xavier Betts, Oliver Manning and, the transfer from Montana Torre, I would expect to see those guys out on the field, but who knows? You know, the, uh, here you go, John, question for you. And you said his name, who is, sorry, if you hear that, it's my dog. Um, The leading returning receiver, as far as uh, catches or receptions from last year. Who do you think it was? Well, is it Austin Allen? Wandale Robinson was top. Oh, I'm, talking about, I'm sorry. I'm talking about wide receivers. Austin Allen would have been. It yeah. was probably Levi Falk then. It was. 13 was catches. Like, yeah. I like Levi Falk just kind of showed up, got on the field, and, and caught the ball when they threw it to him. Unlike and the other guy that was the son of the NFL Hall of Fame quarterback guy that dropped balls. Touchdowns. <laughs> Touchdowns. By the way, has he – he hasn't found, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to get on that, but uh, yeah. the num- the uh, yardage, the, the returning yardage leader is Xavier Betts with 121 yards. Right. So, so pretty wide open competition, yep. wide receiver. They, you know what the best part of the wide receiving core is? Is we have 435 of them. Yeah, we I have, did the article. We have five and I kept... quarterbacks, but we have 17,000 receivers. <laughs> and I was typing the names for the article. I'm like, what? There's more? Like, bu- 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 bu. I'm like, what? There's more? Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of kids from Nebraska. So I think that, should... that they actually are going to, what they're going to have is during practice, they're going to have the quarterbacks use both their hands to throw balls to them. Scott Frost can throw it, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Brody Belt. I mean, we do have like we have converted a running back. By the way, he's five eight, right? He is listed as a wide receiver on the roster. Yeah, he, he was, was a running back. Now he is a wide receiver. Uh, but when you look at these, I mean, when you go through this roster, it's freshman, 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 redshirt freshman, freshman, and then you get to maybe a couple juniors. Oh, and then. Yeah, and then our transfer from Montana, he's a senior. So, yeah, I remember all, all those freshmen that showed up, they're freshmen again. You know, they're not even redshirt freshmen. Which So, Levi, Levi Falk and Samare Torre would, are the seniors out of the group. And uh, that's pretty much it. Manning is a junior. Okay, receivers, what else we got? We went through quarterbacks, and now we're on to receivers, and now we go to Todd's favorite thing. Todd's favorite thing? I think Special I, teams. There you go. I, that's Ultimately, that's the part of the game that I think most people um, are going to want to see vast improvement in because special teams, since Scott Frost showed up, special teams have been horrible overall. Um, found I, a kicker I, last year. 
found a kicker. I'm going to make this statement. And I want you guys to, to, to tell me if I'm right or right. They, I mean, the fact that we lost kickers, throw that part out. I, I want to say our problem with special teams is not that we haven't had players in the right position. In other words, that we haven't had kickers and punters, but that we haven't had – we have had horrible, horrible execution across the board on special teams. Yes. Almost like they show up to a game and they go, oh, fuck, we forgot to try punting the ball this week. <clears throat> Am I incorrect? Well, I, I think, you know, if you talk about the specialists, the kicker, the punter, the long snapper, the holders – those guys have been solid, were solid, have been, and, um, well, last year. Um, going to have, hopefully this kid from Australia is healthy and he's going to be able to punt and add a dimension. But it's been the coverage. It's been the coverage and it's been the blocking. And maybe even the you know, pressure on the, on the punter, uh, you know, which picked up a little bit towards the end of the season. But I think a lot of that also has to do with, um, you know, the, what am I trying to say here? The schemes that they're using, because our, you know, there's been so many times that um, our players have, have not been in position to make a play, um, especially. Oh, so what do they, what do they tell you? What's the number one thing when you're going down the field on a punt or a kickoff? Keep your head on a swivel is what I was always told. <laughs> well, that, that's so you don't die. Yeah. But it, it, the, 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 the number one sin was uh, you have to – or the thing that you're always told is to stay, stay, in, your your stay in your lanes. Stay in your stay lanes. Stay in your lanes. And, and we continually do not fucking stay in our lanes with the shit. Yeah. And, and that's, not, that's not scheme. That's discipline. And that's a whole – I mean, there's the podcast show that I could go on for an hour and a half about discipline, but by the same token, or the lack of, by the same token, I think a lot of times, I just kind of wonder, you know, scheme-wise, what is it that they're trying to do to limit um, the returns? And I don't know, but hopefully now that Coach Dawson is going to be in charge of it, um, you know, I, I, I loved what I heard from Coach Fisher saying that he wants every defensive back playing on special teams. Um, okay. It sounds to me like somebody's stepping up and let's have an attitude adjustment and make special teams special. Yeah. Fisher said you will not start as a defensive back at Nebraska unless you start on special teams. I was like, Whoa. And so I, I don't know if, I mean, if you guys, I mean, if you do, we do have to go back in time a little bit. Was last year where we used seven kickers? I mean, whatever we're pulling kids off of soccer clubs, and you know, and it's like, it's just like, okay, now this past year, now yeah, we can't. We're like 115th in like punt coverage and all that, and so it's like, and then well, they brought the kid, the punter that um, Todd referenced. I think it's Dan Cerny, and he's like. Yep. Uh, rugby style punter and all that, but he got injured. And so, you know, and part of me just wonders if it's been neglected or, you know, an inability to convince kids that, by the way, this is really important because if you don't do your job, by the way, defensive backs, if you don't do your job on punt coverage, all of a sudden they're going to, instead of them having the ball at the 20, they're going to have it at the 45. And now your job has gotten a lot more difficult. And so, yeah, I, I, that's one thing. You think, it feels like that, that should be able to get fixed, especially when you have your special teams coach essentially as an analyst last year who couldn't even coach on the field. And then it's like, are the kids going to take special teams seriously if the special teams coach or whatever can't even coach on the field? You know, I I don't know. And so, I mean. Here's another question for you guys. How many place kickers do we have on the roster? Five. I don't know. Actually, I don't know that, but four or five. Can one of them throw the football? 
<laughs> Connor Colt, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> How many are there? There are five. Oh, wow. Grant, Grant Deathlisten, Ryan Novosol, Connor Culp. Sorry, I wasn't puking at Ryan. I was puking at my pronunciation of his name. Connor Culp, who played last year. Chase Contreras, Gabe Hines out of Carney, and mm-hmm. Tyler Crawford. Contreras so, is the one that came from Iowa Western, I think. And he yeah. came in, you know, with some – pretty decent accolades yeah, he was highly regarded i think yeah and then then they were fortunate and got connor cult and um i you know i feel good about that i think that the other point is is you know i'll just throw this question out i don't expect anybody to look it up but you know how many close games you know one score games one score or less games has nebraska lost since Scott Frost has been here. And that's where special teams are so important, you know, are on those close losses. And, you know, that, that's why I, I really hope that through the course of the spring, there is vast improvement with what happens with the special teams. I think before last year, and I don't know what it was last year, but before last year, he was three and nine in one score games, I think. Now, don't quote me on that, but yeah, it's like, hey, man, maybe the little things, you know, he said in his spring press conference that the small things they're going to do in fundamentals and stuff, I'm like, good, man, that'd be nice. You know, that'd be really nice. Okay, special teams, we have, uh, we have two punters on the roster. Daniel Cerny and William Pristip, who is the Michigan State guy, whose name I we we got to get back and uh, back in form with these names, man. But I mean, we have you know the freshman kid Daniel Cerny out of Australia for some reason, a pro kick Australia, which apparently you know they provide punters to America, and then. Yeah. Uh, Prista from Michigan State, these both look like they're decent punters. We only have two. Is that enough punters? Well, <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> One would have thought that three or four kickers would have been enough. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is Scott Frost's roster of 150 kids. So, um, Okay. Running back. Should we do running back? Or should we should we spread some of these out or should we do news because we, we have a month of spring put, football? I think we can spread them out a little. Yeah, yeah. I have to okay. go. I have to get on a plane. <laughs> okay, then we're gonna then we're gonna uh we're gonna finish I'm gonna finish the sentence. Have I said this has been a nasty week? Did I tell you what the effects of trying to get off this drug is? It's like massive brain fog. Like, honest to God, like I feel like I can focus on things for about 10 minutes and then I just go off and orbit Mars. I'm waiting for Elon Musk to show up. (laughs) Honest to God. Uh, Okay, so we'll save running backs for later. Maybe as we find out more about running backs. uh, Here's a great question for both of you. Something that's running through every Nebraska fan's mind. Every Nebraska fan's mind. What is the identity of this football team? Go ahead, Todd. (laughs) I think that statement, what is the identity, is one of the biggest bullshit uh, concerns that people have. Um, What it is, is it's a way for – sports writers and fans and whatever to throw something out there when they can't explain why a team is not successful or if a team is doing something out there that they don't recognize um, and they can't put a tag or a label on it. Uh, You know, yeah, Nebraska was successful for years and years playing power football, running the ball, um, 
putting, you know, with the option, you know, they were a, a, an option, power option football team. That was their identity. Um, right now, a lot of people don't understand what the offensive philosophy and the offensive scheme is that Scott Frost is instilling at Nebraska. And so, therefore, they can't put a label on it, and they say, well, what the hell is the identity? Well, once Nebraska starts winning and people <laughs> understand what the, the offense looks like, then they'll be able to, you know, define what the identity is. It's not just on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you know, uh, the black shirts, you know, that, that was an identity of a, of a mean, nasty, attacking kind of defense. And um, I think that Nebraska is taking steps back towards that a bit. Um, too many people get caught up in identity. So, I, I, yeah, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> How about this? Our identity should be do your job. Whatever your job is, do that. And if that means pushing or moving someone that way or like a double team, whatever your job is, do that. Because obviously we're not doing that. You know, you always want to say, oh, it's football. So <laughs> toughness and physicality, physicality. We want to be physical. But guess what? If you don't do your job, if you go in and be really physical in the gut and you're supposed to be blocking, you know, the tight end or, or not blocking the tight end, sorry, Blo blocking the defensive end. And when you should be blocking or helping on the defensive tackle or whatever, that you're being really physical, but guess what? All of a sudden that defensive tackle is killing your quarterback. I don't know. I just, it, to me, it's just, we need to figure out how to just do your own job. And that's, I mean, but that's not, you don't want to put that in a newspaper, right? So. Yeah. Well, I yeah. You, maybe you do. Maybe it, maybe it should be our job, our, doing our job at Coronation would be to come up with a, an identifiable identity to identify what's going on, What maybe not even what's going on, but what we want to go on for our football team, like a slogan or a catchphrase. I mean, they had one years ago, unfinished business, and, and they won shit tons of games. Well, maybe yeah, they I, need a catchy slogan. How about all? Yes, that's it. That, that's what we need. We need a catchy slogan for spring football that the fan base can all get around and say, oh, by the way, what was it before we played USC, by the way? Wasn't there a good old slogan? Maybe there wasn't, but. You can't spell suck without USC? Oh, yeah. And then they went and just destroyed us, <laughs> took our souls away and all that. And so I, I would like Scott Frost. It's some, this is kind of a random thing, but just popped in my head. Because this year's USC, it would be what Oklahoma, and yeah. so it's like we don't need to like you know put all of our you know our season hinges on Oklahoma or not because it doesn't at all it doesn't. But some people are afraid that oh by the way if they blow us out then then our you know our program's done with type of thing like no 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 they're probably going to beat us you know and it's probably going to be by double digits if not worse and uh you know i guess maybe my position on that will change as we get closer because you know kool-aid's always sitting there if you want to drink it and i'm just not drinking it yet and so uh i'm not even sure where i was going with that but you had a thought it hurt your head yeah. it was so strong and it just went and it's gone you're not even that old man although you do have young children so. i had covid and I could definitely tell there's it's not it's not as efficient well, yet. COVID. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know I had COVID. I you probably did. I messaged you. What did I, I said, just mentioned a little bit ago about brain fog. I mean, my memory has been poopy. Uh, to be nice. Um, okay, so you guys don't care about the what is the team's identity? No. I'd have, to, I'd have to agree with Todd. I'll tell you what, I, I'm trying to write more and become an a, a actual author. And, and you constantly you right now. trying to learn about marketing and stuff like that. And 
self-publishing, one one topic that constantly comes up is your personal brand. And I get fucking really tired fucking and fucking hearing that because I look at it and people, you know, you got all these people doing podcasts. You got all these people writing books or they're speaking or they want to do this or they want to do that. And they're constantly worried about what is my personal brand? And it's such a nefarious, undefinable bullshit comment. I swear to God, I think it has something to do with what is your identity in which you say, uh, this is a hole in which marketing people can sell you stuff to make you feel better about yourself, which is why we should come up with a catchy slogan for coordination for Nebraska fans to latch onto them. Maybe we can sell them t-shirts. There you go. There you go. <laughs> do your job. Do that. your job. Well, that's, we need, we need people to respond to us, to send us <laughs> their ideas that we can steal because this is America and that's how it goes. We have a platform and we'll say your name or something. If you send us catchy ideas that we can use that we make ours. <laughs> Speaking of that, now, go ahead. What is Nebraska's identity this season? What is Nebraska's slogan to win? What is Nebraska's personal brand in 2021? Message us, tweet us, you know, email John, you know, tell us what that is. So we can take it out. We can take that and then steal it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Are there any other spring storylines other than the running back situation, which we're going to leave for a later podcast? Uh, There's nothing else. I don't think so. But. I don't. Not relative to football. Oh, is that a sign that we, you want to go on with something else? Oh no, but there's a lot going on in the spring. You said spring storylines. Oh, that is true. You know, volleyball is gearing up. They're you know what on Sunday they're going to announce the tournament field. They didn't get to play against Penn State, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best for the volleyball team. I don't I don't know that they've lived up to anyone's expectations, even their own. Even though they've got you know what they're rated fourth, they still haven't played their best. They haven't played the best games that they're capable of playing. Uh, baseball sits at number two in the Big Ten Conference, uh, headed to Illinois for a three game series this weekend. Um, you know, that'd be wonderful if they could win that series, you know. That Nebraska, would- Michigan, and Indiana. Indiana's at the top at 11 and three. Michigan and Nebraska are both 11 and four. So it's it's really kind of a weird, uh, you know, combo there. But I think what you are seeing in the Big Ten with regards to baseball is those are the top three teams. Yeah. Well, Northwestern is nine and five, which is shocking. And I think that's largely because they have bats. And uh, they hit the ball with their bats, and they do well hitting the ball with their bats. Well, what's what's unfortunate right now is, depending upon what poll you look at, there's only one Big Ten uh, team currently ranked in the top 25, and that's Michigan. Um, right. But and and in one poll they're 16th, and the other poll they're 25th. So, you know, it's it's going to be tough sledding to get more than a couple of teams in in the tournament, in my opinion. What other sports action we got going on? Anything? Softball went three and one this last weekend against Penn State. I haven't checked out to see who they're playing against. Track and fields rolling. You know, there's a lot going on. So. Which I know none about. So, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here, you know, we can put a, we can, you know, put a, a bow on and, and end all of the wrestling talk that we've had um, because, uh, you know, and, and Dylan's done such a good job covering it. And obviously I'm passionate, but there's three Nebraska wrestlers that will start competing tomorrow. Um, the Olympic trials are tomorrow and Saturday. And you've got three Nebraska alums that are in the field, uh, James Green and uh, uh, Jordan Burroughs and Tanner Farmer, um, who, uh, for those that didn't pay any attention or that don't know, Tanner Farmer, the former offensive lineman, ended up going to uh, Concordia University out at Seward as a graduate student 
and discovered that he had eligibility left to wrestle. And last year he was the national runner up at 285 in NAIA. And uh, last week he won a last chance qualifier for the Olympic trials. And he is the sixth seed at um, 285 pounds. So that's kind of a unique story um, for Tanner Farmer, who, who he was, he was an incredible high school wrestler. I mean, you know, anybody that paid attention to his recruiting knew that, but Jordan Burroughs, you know, it's, uh, th this is a, a big weekend for him. He um, could uh, qualify for his third Olympics, which there's only one other wrestler from the United States that's wrestled in three Olympics, uh, Kenny Monday. Um, and James Green has had to cut a lot of weight because in the Olympics, they only have six weight classes instead of nine that they use, you know, for international level. Um, James Green's cut a lot of weight to get down and, um, you know, it'll, 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 it's a big weekend for the three of them. Well, is there anything else we need to do before we go? The spring game is based one month away. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, right? Public, public, public tickets, right? Public tickets are tomorrow. Nope. Are you guys going to go? Nope. No. Why? I've never been to a spring game. <laughs> I have, and I have, you know, I've, I've said this before, and actually I wrote about this a couple weeks ago in Flakes, I think. John, when you allowed me to show up for a Nebraska football game as a member of the media, you know, just put that in quotes or whatever, it kind of like took away some of the magic, I guess you would say, about Nebraska football for me because you kind of see how things work and how like behind the scenes, you know, the veil's pulled back a little bit. So my interest is in that, you know, you know, I'm not as like, oh, I want to go and see it at Memorial Stadium as much. And so it's almost like, you know, you see an amazing magic trick and then you figure out how they do it. And you're like, oh, that's it. You know, so that, you know, there's not that much special behind it. And so, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> Someday when my kid's older and he'll enjoy it, then I'll take him. And, but, yeah, I'm, and plus I could just watch it on TV type of deal. I think oh my not, God, you guys sitting on your butts. No, there's a Nebraska baseball game that day. I would rather go to that, actually. Is there? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a home game, though, that weekend. Is I, there? I think there is. I think they moved the start time back to 4 o'clock. Well, I I hope to shoot it. So Good. We, need to, we need photos from the spring game of guys that we would normally won't get photos from through Getty and – and I need photos of Mike Dawson looking like Tony Soprano about to whack a guy. Those are the photos that I, I want to go get. And, uh, you know, I'm like you, I like being on the sideline for games because there is so much shit going on on the sidelines. If, yeah, if people ever got to experience like being on the sidelines for some of these sporting events, you'd be amazed that they even can pull these things off at all because there are so many things simultaneously happen on the sidelines or in an arena or things that are going on that you're like, who coordinates all this shit, man? <laughs> I, I, I was on the sidelines for an LSU Arkansas game and it was, ab I would honestly tell you, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, you know, that's certainly one of the, at least top 10, if not top five things that's ever happened. And I, I couldn't believe how different the game is and everything that's going on that you're not aware of when you're down there. So, you know, when you're on the sideline, John, I'm almost jealous. Actually, I am. I am jealous. And Todd, you got to do that because when I got to, you know, cover the game as a member of the media, they put you up and like, yeah whatever floor, the sixth floor, and you can, can't hear the crowd really. And right. it's, you can't even feel – you don't feel the game like you would if you were down there. And I think that's what you kind of miss. So, yeah. yeah. I could see it, it, it's interesting being on the field where you can see at the level that a quarterback is. And, and sometimes if you look like, – like 
you know, if you're in the end zone and you're behind a guy and he's looking down the field to throw the ball, you're like, how in the holy fuck does he even see that? Because there are so many players, you know, in front of him for the linemen and stuff like that. And you're like, how can this guy even know what's going on? Except that he's done it three or 400 times. You know what I mean? Well, but it, it's, it's a definitely a different perspective. And, and along uh, with that, John, and, you know, since you've been down there quite a bit, I can't believe how fast it is. I oh, mean, yeah. You, yeah. You, you cannot appreciate how fast those guys are moving when you watch them on television or even when you're in the stadium 20, 30, 50 rows up. When you're down there at field level, it is just, to me, it's incredible how fast those guys move. That's one of the reasons why you see photographers get run over people on the sidelines is because uh, I, I don't know how many times you do that. It's still, it's still surprising, you know? And the other problem is, is you have to constantly keep your field of vision open because there's so much, you know, you're looking over here at this guy receiver across the field and there's another guy coming down the sideline right next to you. And he's going to get smashed out of bounds straight into your face because the defense, that's where the ball's going. And you don't even know that especially when you're looking down a lens. You know, I remember being at the Minnesota game a few years ago and these two teenage girls were behind me. And I was like, why in the hell, you know, why are you on the field here? Why? I wasn't trying to be mean, but it was like one of them's grandfather had given money, the athletic department and the other, and she brought her friend. And, and my biggest concern about them wasn't that they were on the field. It was that they kept walking behind me. And I was like, you got to, you got to pay attention to what's going on because they're coming this way and yeah. we don't want to get legs broken. That's what we don't want to have happen. But uh, yeah, it's always the speed and, and how quick the plays happen. Uh, it's fun. I'm looking forward to the spring game. I hope I get to Lincoln. I hope you uh, do too. You know, I, I went to church tonight for the first time in over a year. This week I actually went to uh well, I'll say it. I work a lot at the University of Minnesota. I went to the University of Minnesota customer site for the first time in over a year. So, I, I mean, I haven't been out at all. So, you know, I'm, I just, I want things to get going again. And I hope they do. I hope for everybody's sake, uh, everybody's been bottled up too much and everybody got fat and lazy and we don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. At my second okay. job today, John, so... With, with that uplifting news, we're going to call it done. Is that good with you guys? Okay. This is uh, – how do we end this? <laughs> how many times have I done this? Uh, this is the this is the Bim the Hut Five Heart podcast with uh, Nate McHugh and Todd Wolverton and me, John Johnston. And uh, Five Hearts is the only hearts you need. Todd – Go Big Red. Nate? Do your job. There you go.